I was called out on that. And, you know, at, at the time you didn't like it. Um, but it teaches you valuable lessons. And, and, uh, he was, he was like a father to me, you know? Um, and, and those things, um, I, I wasn't, I wouldn't, if, if that, that happened maybe one time and then, you know, I would have this in my head. You got to be on time. You got to be on time. Leave now, leave now. Let's go. This can't happen again. You got to show, you know, coach Sharkey that you're, you're ready, that you're, you're going to be uh, a great coach and a great teacher. Um, and this is how you do it. And so having a mentor, someone that can take you. You are listening to the Bridging Impact podcast, transforming leaders on and off the court with host Coach Furtado. Without further ado, let's dive in. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Bridging Impact podcast. Today's guest is a great one today. We had a great conversation before we hopped on here. We have Jeff Schmidt. Jeff Schmidt is the founder and coach of Schmidt Performance, is also a PE teacher at Polaris School in Colorado, and he's also been a high school varsity basketball coach in Fresno and Fort Collins with a ton of experience with just developing athletes and developing people as well. So welcome to the show, Jeff. Thanks for having me, Justin. I appreciate it. Of course. So let's dive right in. Um, we ask, we always ask the easy question first, right? How has a game of basketball made an impact on your life? Uh, well, I think it started um, around uh, middle school uh, where I was able to start playing on a regular basis. I uh, had a group of friends who, who really loved basketball and I really started picking up the game about that time. I wasn't any good. <laughs> I, I struggled. Uh, I was an awkward kid. I I had, I think, a size 11 or 12 shoe, and I was like a 5'7", you know, kid in, in middle school. Middle school was rough, but uh, but I started picking the game up pretty serious then. Um, didn't have a lot of coaches until high school that really impacted me, but um, my love for the game started um, playing the game, uh, you know, and the playground in, in Fresno, uh, California, and, and really just uh, in the front yards of, of uh of our, our friend's house playing low rims and, and just getting, um, you know, getting used to the game and playing the game and building a love for it then. And, um, that, that continued to build every year. Um, you know, until we got into, until I got into high school, um, where I started to, you know, grow into my own and, and start to really improve and, and, uh, pass kids who were better than me. Um, just because I would practice every day, uh, pick up a ball and, and really uh, wanted to be great. And so, um, yeah, that was, that was the thing that kind of pushed me. I know a lot of, at the, you know, when I first started playing, a lot of players were better, but I just kept working um, and kept picking up a ball and, and uh, just really, when you love something um, it's not work, you know um, it, it was, for me, it was trying to be the best I can be and try to try to uh, be a great player. And so um basketball i could say you know along with my friends uh, you know was such a huge impact in my life it was everything it was everything to me and and by the time i got into high school i knew i wanted to coach and stay around the game somehow after i was done playing um and so it, it was just something you know that was kind of instilled in me i i played a lot of sports growing up but basketball is where i found my my passion and my love so um, you know, it just kind of took off and, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of teachers and people say, you know, 
you try to find something you love to do uh, and, and try to earn a living, make money doing it. And that was it. I was like, I'm playing basketball and I want to, I want to be around basketball. So coaching was kind of a, a way to stay around the game and, and uh, teaching was a way to stay around coaching. So uh, it kind of all fell into place for me. Uh, and I knew that around high school, I wanted to be a teacher and a coach. I love it. And I, I feel like one of the things that I learned maybe we talked about this earlier is about being a great coach is also requires you to be a great teacher, right? Be a great teacher of the game and teaching skills. And before we kind of dive into that side of our conversation, you know, one of the things that I, you know, kind of find interesting is, you know, you, you talked about how in middle school you played a little bit, but you didn't pick it up too much until high school basketball, right? When you really started to pick up a basketball and train yourself and, and work with yourself. Can you talk about the importance of having like a long-term focus, like for the parents and even the coaches that are listening? I feel like sometimes we have this expectation that our seventh and eighth graders or our sixth graders and even younger need to be training every single day to be successful as a varsity athlete versus, you know, maybe just keeping a long-term perspective and letting them like light their own fire. Yeah, I, I think I, I see that too with kids uh, and parents. Um, I, I I allow, and I have with my own kids. You know, I I allow um, I allowed myself to um, figure that out, and um, I want my own kids to figure that out. And I think when parents push the envelope or force them to do things or you know, say, Hey, go, you know, start practicing, go and practice. I, I think that you're not, you don't have that, that love. I mean, if, if you love something, you're just going to do it anyway. So um, I think that that's a, that's a big thing right now. Um, I didn't think about, you know, college when I was a freshman or an eighth grader. Um, I was just trying to pick up a ball and be great, the best player I could be. And so um, I think it's, I think it's important to keep things in perspective and um, not over, overdo it. I think that's why we have a lot of burnout in, in youth sports uh, is because of that, um, that notion that, you know, uh, in order to get a scholarship, you got to work extra hard. Well, if the kid doesn't want to work, uh, it's probably not going to work out for them and, and, and they need to go at their own pace and, and run their own race and figure out what's best for them, you know, and, and uh, forcing kids to do things just isn't the way to go. And uh, no matter what, parents want or expect or um, think they should be doing. So I, I leave it up to the kid and um, the kid wants to pick up a ball every day. That's amazing. If they don't, I, you know, I, I, I just don't think pushing the envelope is going to help the kid in their, in their development at all. So. Yeah, that's a really interesting point. I'm kind of curious, you know, in terms of, you know, the conversations that you have with your athletes and that you work with now that you're on kind of the training side of thing, I feel like you're kind of like, right in the mix with a, their own development. And I'm curious, what conversations do you have with the players who may say that they have, you know, I don't want to say, I, I guess, uh, ambitious goals. Like, let's say they want to play college basketball, but sometimes their work ethic doesn't match. Is that a good time to potentially have some of those conversations of, hey, you know what, like you said you wanted this, but you're not working towards this. Do you really love it? Like, how do you have some of those conversations? Yeah, you know, I I think eventually uh things just kind of work out the way they the way they are and the way they should. Um but I I think some of those those ambitious uh dreams kids have, you have to you have to give it to them straight and you have to let them know um here here are some things that you need to think about. Here are some things that you're going to have to do. Here's what others have done 
um, and, and, you know, interviewing uh, players who've got, who've got to that level, um, what they had to do to get there, um, get, you know, you get it from the source and, um, you know, I was able to play college basketball. Um, and, and so I took the JC route and then I played division two school in, in, uh, Monterey, Cal state Monterey Bay, but you know, it, it takes work and it's not easy. Um, and if, if, you know, kids aren't, if their goals and their work ethic aren't matching people, you know, it's our job as coaches to address those things. Um, sometimes they don't want to hear from their parents. So we're the bridging gap, you know, um, isn't that what the, the podcast where we're that yeah. bridge we we are that yeah. bridge coaches are that bridge you know i consider myself a coach i don't consider myself a trainer i don't i i don't you know that's just i think a, a title but um you know we have to we have to teach and coach kids to um you know to align their their goals and their habits every day and um and it's our job to remind them it doesn't have to be harsh but it needs to it it, it can't be sugar coated and it can't be something that we just let go um, we have to continue to remind them uh, what it's going to take. And I think it gets, they get to a certain age and they either have it or they don't. Um, they're, they're either on that, on that path or they're not. And um, I think um, at a young age, if you love the game and you want to be great and you have goals, um, you'll find your way to get there. And if they don't have the work ethic that matches, um, they're just going to fall off eventually. Or they're going to, they're going to burn out or whatever it may be. Um, they're just not going to find that path. But, um, and you see it all the time. There's kids who are on that path and there's kids that are off that path and um, they have to make those choices and those habits every day. If, cause if they don't, uh, it just doesn't work out for them. So we're trying to keep them on that, on that path as best we can. So we help them in whatever way we can. Right. Yeah. Aligning those goals and habits, right. You know, cause if you say you want something, right. We, we have to have certain habits to reach those goals. Right. And you, you talked about it. You played at the division two level. It doesn't matter what level you could be NAIA, JUCO call or D3. It doesn't matter. Right. right. It's a lot of work. It's a commitment. It's a job. Every single one of my friends who I played with in high school who went and played, you know, college sports, I had a D3 friend all the way to, you know, D1. It's a job. It doesn't matter. Um, so I think just really understanding that why and that connection. And I think, you know, kind of you bringing up that really important point of, you know, you kind of identify more as, as a coach. And I think I do as well because of the, I feel like the mentor role that maybe a coach kind of falls into or like kind of feels a little bit more, you know, kind of like authentic versus like yeah. a trainer sometimes just seems like what I just had a last conversation is just like transactional. I train you on these skills and that's it. Like coaching is, is more than that. And so can you talk about, you know, you have your a plenty of experience between teaching and coaching, coaching varsity and now training. Right. But can you talk about the importance of mentoring when it comes to teaching and coaching and training? Yeah, no, uh, that's that's huge and you're right on you know the relationship and the mentoring part is what it's all about and uh you know we i got into this business teaching and coaching uh because i wanted to help you know young people and so um and and not just on the basketball court because you got to teach them things the reason why we play sports the reason why i want my own kids to play sports is is the it's a microcosm of life it's like what it's what we want our kids to be when they get older, when the ball stops bouncing, I mean, and that's what sports brings. It, it's a hundred percent, uh, it's reality and it's life. And, um, all the lessons that are, that are built around basketball, um, 
I feel blessed to be able to to um, help kids along with, along that ride and just use basketball as that tool. Um, because I again, I want my own kids to learn the lessons that sports brings us. Um, in this case, basketball and and uh, there's no other. There's not a better way to teach you know, life skills than through sports. It, it's just, it's, it's a tremendous tool to use. And I use, um, I use it every day within, whether my students at school or my, uh, the kids that I work with, um, you know, it's, it's such a blessing to be able to do that. And, um, you know, as a head coach, when I was a head coach, um, you, you know, we have these responsibilities and, um, if we don't, if we don't take those responsibilities serious and we don't, we're not mentors. We're not teaching these kids life lessons. We're falling short. I, I just don't consider people who, do, who don't do those things coaches. I don't know what you would say, what their title is, but it, it wouldn't be a coach. Um, coaches and teachers are mentors and they teach lessons through the game of basketball. You know, anyone can teach a kid. I can learn. I can learn. A, uh, you know, I know nothing about rugby. I can learn something about rugby tomorrow and I can teach them a technical skill that doesn't consider. I, I'm not considered a coach if I can do that. You know, and I don't really consider myself a teacher if I can do that. I'm just passing along information. Um, teaching and coaching is more than that. Yeah, they're basketball information passers or, you know, basketball tacticians, right? That's what I guess uh, uh, what a coach you know, should not be, should not only fall into that role. And so when it comes to that, what do you think are the most, the three to five most pivotal and important, you know, kind of life lessons and principles that you want to teach your athletes to take beyond the game? I, I think it starts with um, being a leader. Um, you know, if, if we can teach leadership skills, we, we need good leaders out there, um, people who can who can help and lead, uh, and lead others. I, I think that's a huge one. Um, obviously, work ethic. Um, I, I think if you have a uh, uh, endless work work ethic, you can pretty much accomplish anything you want and put your mind to. And, and that's um, a huge tool, obviously. Um, being resilient. And fighting through adversity uh, in, in this day and age, it's hard to find young people who who um, who can handle that and, and, and actually push forward and keep moving forward um, through tough times and things that don't go their way. You know, and I see it all the time, um, you know, kids getting emotional uh, and not being and, and being able and shutting down rather than fighting through something that's difficult and challenging and getting to the other side. Um, you know, those are the things pretty much every day I'm trying to get kids to, to work on, um, you know, and, and character, you know, obviously integrity and character are, are a huge thing. Uh, you know, if, if I'm a good basketball player and I have, I'm a good skilled basketball player, but I don't have character, what happens when that ball stops bouncing? What happens when I'm not playing anymore? I have my character still. I don't have those skills on basketball and in basketball. So, you know, what is, what do you want your life to turn into? I think, um, you know, uh, being, being, having character and, and being, having integrity are things that are going to, you know, lead you on into um, life outside of basketball. And, and those, those are the things sports teaches us almost every day when we're around young people. Um, and we have an opportunity to, to, um, you know, carry that torch and help others. And we hope that they pick the things up that they can pass along to their kids or their, you know, their, their family members or their friends 
or others um, there around. So impacting others, it's kind of like this, uh, this domino effect. And I had some tremendous coaches uh, growing up uh, in high school and in college and people I learned from. Um, and now it's my job. I feel like I'm at the age now, uh, 46, that I'm, I am now mentoring uh, younger people, um, young adults, and, and trying to get them to pass along uh, that information that I learned uh, along the way. Absolutely. So what do you think are some of those, you know, kind of stories or pearls of wisdom that you learned from your coaches that you now kind of share with your athletes in terms of, you know, like storytelling and like, how did they challenge you to become leaders um, and, and challenge your character and talk about work ethic, right? Like, you know, I think one of the things that really works best with athletes that I've seen is right, kind of that, that storytelling aspect of it. Or um, I'm just curious how you learn those pearls of pearls of wisdom. Well, you know, trial and error, <laughs> yep, yep. making a lot of mistakes, making a lot yep. of mistakes as a young, as a young person, as a young coach, as a young teacher, um, but having someone that held me accountable. Um, so, um, you know, one of the, one of the things that, um, you know, younger people uh, get fired for at jobs is just being on time. Being on time is, is, is a life skill that if you could learn at a young age, um, you, you have already more than put your foot in the door. So I learned at a young age, uh, I, had a, I had a coach by the name of Peter Sharkey, and he was, uh, he was an, uh, an older coach, an old head from New York with an accent. And, you know, he could get away with murder and everyone just laughs and smiles at him. And, he, you know, he could say and do what he wants. But, I, you know, there were times where I would come in, you know, 15 minutes before practice or 10 minutes before practice. And I was late. I was late. And and he let me know. He let me know. There was no pulling punches. Like he let me know and he would put me on blast and and it would be in front of people. It would be in front of the team. It would be it didn't matter. Um, if, I, if I wasn't being responsible or I was not living up to my end of, of my maturity, my, my, uh, who I, who I was and who I was trying to show younger people to be, um, I was, I was called out on that. And, you know, at, at the time you didn't like it. Um, but it teaches you valuable lessons. And, and, uh, he was, he was like a father to me, you know, um, and, and those things, um, I, I wasn't, I wouldn't, if, if that, that happened maybe one time and then, you know, I would have this in my head, you got to be on time. You got to be on time. Leave now, leave now. Let's go. This can't happen again. You got to show, you know, coach Sharkey that you're, you're ready, that you're, you're going to be uh, a great coach and a great teacher. Um, and this is how you do it. And so having a mentor, someone that can take you under their wing. Um, and for me, I, when I first started teaching and coaching, it was Peter Sharkey. Uh, and, and he's, he's passed, uh, he passed a couple of years ago, but, uh, the lessons I learned from him, uh, I still carry today. And, and, and again, I want to give those, those lessons that I've learned and I want to pass those along to the next generation of teachers and coaches. Absolutely. So for the young coaches like myself, who are still kind of learning the new way, and I know I know we had this conversation where you can't shortcut experience, right? Like I can't go and, and be 46 years old overnight and have 20 years of coaching basketball under my belt. You don't want to be but, 46, Justin. <laughs> yeah, but, but I want the wisdom, right? I want, want the wisdom. wisdom. Yeah, you so want I, the wisdom. I, 
I want the wisdom. So if I, I can't shortcut that experience, but you know, for you and, and what kind of thoughts do you have around, you know, you talked about how, you know, making mistakes is an important part of your coaching journey. So like what mistakes did you learn as a young coach that you would kind of pass on and share and, you know, keep, keep in mind for the young coaches like myself. Man, there are so many. And like you said, life experiences, you need them. You need to fail. You need to go through tough times and things that um, challenge you um, and get you to um, to understand like this is how you've gained experience. This is how you become a wise coach. This is how you become uh, a, a coach making good choices, good decisions and good habits. Um, yeah, it, it, it's... <laughs> it's hard. It's hard. And I was thrown in the fire at a young age too. I started coaching when I was 18. I, I was coaching, teaching, um, um, you know, at a, at a young, in my twenties, early twenties. And so I, um, <laughs> there were so many times that I had so much to learn, but I was open to learning. I think that's huge. You have to be open to learning things. A lot of coaches have the answers and if you just you can't you can't look at things that way. You have to find someone that can help you along the way to mentor you, to ask questions, to bounce things off of, um, so that when your name is called, you're ready. And that's kind of how it was for me. I was under his coach Sharky's wing for several years, and when he stepped down, I was you know I was the I was the head coach. Um, so I had to put myself mentally in that state. I had to learn as much. I had to read as much. I had to. I, you know, whatever I thought I needed to do, go to coaching clinics, you know, talk to other coaches, whatever it was, study. Um, I needed to do that. And I needed to fast forward my development because my goal was to be a head coach um, as soon as possible. And and so um, when you have someone helping you along the way, man, it is such a valuable thing. It is so valuable because I, even though I made a lot of mistakes and I learned a lot um, through the mistakes I, you know, such as, you know, maybe it may be a, te uh, a tactical thing, but it, it also could have been how I dealt with a parent. He was so good at those things. And I would, I got to just be a fly on the wall everywhere where coach Sharkey went, I was there I, off the, off the court, on the court, in the classroom. I was studying him and I was trying to learn as much as I could. I was drinking out of a fire hose for two straight years and I knew I was going to get some of the things that um, he was so good at, but I also knew like the things that he wasn't good at, I might've been pretty good at. So I was trying to mesh these things together along with what I learned from my high school coaches, from college coaches um, and people I looked up to. You, you kind of start building your own philosophy. You put all these things together and you figure out what works for you as, as a person and, and, um, and, and you try to, you try to apply them, but you, you go in, you know, thinking, you know, everything, or you think that you're ready and you're never ready. It doesn't matter. <laughs> you're just never ready. You just know you got to go. It's time. It's time. It's time to mess up or it's time to, to make good decisions. It's time to, to just learn and, and, and start your own journey. So yeah, right. it, mentors are, are huge in that. And, um, yeah, you know, no matter how well you're mentored, you're you're going to be in situations where you have to make tough choices, tough decisions, um, and you're going to mess up. And it's all part of it. It's all part of the ride, you know. And um, as long as you understand that and you move on, learn from it, you're you're going to end up being a really good teacher and a really good coach. Hundred percent. And I, I think 
I have a couple of things on that. I think one of the things as you, I heard you talking, I heard, you know, kind of a quote recently is the best artists are thieves. And so you're kind of what I hear in that those two years, right. You were just stealing everything kind of just totally being a student of what he was doing. And, you know, they, this was in context. I was at a shooting college, right. And they were saying like, if you see a good shooter this weekend, watch how they watch their approach, watch what they do at the beginning. Right. So if you're going to go, if you want to be like Curry, right. Watch what he does. Most people don't practice like Curry. Curry is like moves off the basketball. He doesn't, you know, want to dance with the basketball. That's a whole nother conversation. Yep. Went, went down that that rabbit hole. But when it comes to, you know, for the parents that are listening to this conversation, what do you think has been was the biggest challenge that you had um, as as a head coach and, and even now, right? You're still training. You're still working with athletes. Still working with parents. Like, you know, just sharing a little bit. My philosophy is to work with parents for sure, and I also want my athletes to be able to advocate for themselves. Like I don't want parents coming to ask me about playtime. That's, right. you know, like that's, I want to teach the athletes basically to me, I'm going to teach it as, you know, I want them to ask them for a raise for themselves. Right. Like if they, yeah. if you're asking for their raise, right. What happens when they're really trying to make a raise and make more money? Are they, you know, they, they can't call you. So right. that's a little bit of, in terms of my philosophy, just to hand it over to you and, you know, talk a little bit about your experience and some of the challenges that you faced as a head coach what do you wish that parents maybe understood more? You know that we have the the kids' best interest, but we also have a, a team of 12 or 14 or whatever it is that we have to manage and we have to think about as well. Um, there's individuals and then there's the team and no individual is bigger than the team. But I, I, try to do, I try to do my best as a head coach to uh, lay the foundation up front of, you know, how you can approach me, how you can talk to me what I want your son to do. Uh, and these are the steps that it's going to go through. There's a process and it starts and ends with your son or daughter. Um, and we want them to, you know, advocate for themselves. We want them to speak, communicate. Uh, we want them to uh, get out of their comfort zone and, and learn how to talk to people and share their thoughts um, and, and just have conversations, whether they're good, easy conversations or they're hard conversations. Um we can't always protect our kids. There's going to be a time where I cannot protect my kids anymore. My kids are going to have to go through things the hard way. Um, I understand that. I think I have perspective being a teacher and a coach for as long as I've been. Um, but, you know, let, let them go, let, let them go. Let the, they're, they're going to be fine. If you raise them and you have a good leader and a coach, um, things are going to happen uh, in a positive way. And that might not always be what they want. Uh, and it might not always be what the parent wants, but I think, um, understanding, um, this is the process of your child, uh, going from boy or girl to man or woman. Um, and this is just kind of the, the, the transition in life that happens. Um, it, it, you know, I always say as long as there is no wrongdoing or things that of that nature in the program or with a coach or a student or a player, um, they should be able to advocate for themselves, sit down with a coach, have a conversation, a tough conversation, um, a truthful conversation. Um, what's, what's in the best interest of the player, but over, over that is what's in the best interest, interest of the team. You know, coaches don't want to lose games. Coaches aren't in to lose games. Uh, they got to look out for their team, what's best for their team. And it may not always be what's best for, for Johnny and Jill. So, um, but, but at the end of the day, 
you know, we have compassion. We want them to succeed. We want them to feel part of the team. Uh, and, and so, you know, that comes along, that comes with it as well. But I, I think if parents, parents, if they can support their child um, by doing things the right way, not overtaking uh, their child, not trying to step in and fix the problem always, um, or go right after a coach. Um, you know, I've had that. I've had it happen. I've been physically assaulted, verbally assaulted. You know, I've had it all. I've had email. I've had emails from from anonymous sources. I've had text messages from anonymous phones, uh, it, burner phones. It's crazy. You know, uh, it, it can be a little nuts out there. And so um, we we just need to to know that you know this is this isn't going to last forever, and we need to enjoy it. Parents need to enjoy it because before they know it, it's over. And their their career's over, um, and now your son or daughter's moving on with their life. You know, basketball's no longer a part of it. So, um, but the lessons they learn can impact them forever. And uh, if they have bad experiences with you as a parent, or that communication breakdown, uh, that can also carry over into the into their everyday life after basketball. So we want to make um, we want our kids to succeed, um, and the best way to do that is let them. Let them fail. Let them be an advocate for themselves. Let them figure it out. I mean, I think that's all really good wisdom in terms of. It doesn't happen. You know, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't happen. And so one of the things I was going to talk about it and, and, you know, I listened to, right. I'm, I'm a younger coach, right. So I'm, I'm still kind of new to the world. I haven't probably had as many of the experiences quite as, the, as you're talking about, but you know, you're still in the game, right. You know, you're still working with athletes. You're still teaching um, and coaching. And I think one of the questions that I have is like, you know, for those that maybe are a bit more experienced than me that are listening and, and maybe facing, you know, similar things to you and, and may need a reminder of like the why, right? Because I think a lot of times, like I hear, you know, like not necessarily in my coaching community, um, but I hear about, you know, some of the things that you just talked about and, you know, coaches walking away, like good coaches walking away yeah. because of experiences like this. Like, what is that reminder that, you know, you want to give potentially to some coaches out there for them to, you know, make sure that they, you know, do keep impacting kids, even, even beyond some of these situations that are, you know, obviously not, not ideal. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a calling for me. And when I say it's a calling, I knew this is what I was, I, I really feel like this is what I was, I was born to do. And um, so I knew when I stepped down as a head coach, I needed to stay around the game. I, I knew I, I wanted to stay around the game and, and still, still impact uh, kids. And uh, so when I started uh, my, the basketball um, training business, I wasn't sure uh, how that was going to, how that was going to work. Um, but I knew if I had my why and my why and my, my mission, everything was kind of lined in alignment. Um, I knew I could still uh, impact kids and help kids. And so, you know, we just try to help um, lead and develop kids. That's kind of our, our mission is to lead and develop kids um, to be the best versions of themselves on and off the court. That, that is my why that, that is um, our mission, uh, Schmidt Performance. And so as long as you keep that at the forefront of everything you do, um, the decisions you make are based around that. They're, you know, how you're going to help others are based around that. Um, you'll, you'll know that um, 
you're still doing it for the right reasons. And, um, you know, you got to coaches have to take care of themselves too, though. You know, um, it, it's, it, it is a highly, uh, competitive, intense, um, and, and parents, it's, it's a real, it's a real thing. Parents are, are harder to deal with. And, um, you, you have to, you have to lay the foundation and you have to stick to what, um, you feel like your work is. And, uh, and, and, and that really, that's my, that's my work. Um, and I say work, I think, uh, um, you know, my, my, family comes first to me. And that's kind of one of the reasons I stepped away as being a head coach because I wanted to be around my, my family, uh, my boys and, and be a father, be a, be um, uh, a father that's there for their games. That's uh, that raises, you know, good boys um, into men. And, and that, that's really my, you know, that's my ultimate goal in life. Uh, so that comes first, but to impact them and develop them in a way that they can, they can, uh, you know, be the best, best versions of themselves on and off, on and off the court. Yeah. hundred percent. You know, is that why it's that calling It's that greater kind of peace that kind of, you know, overcome some of those challenges that you talked about. And, you know, even though, you know, you may not be a head varsity coach, you're still impacting kids and, and giving back to the game beyond it. Um, yeah. and, and talking about and keeping, you know, lead and develop kids on and off the court, right? For us, you know, beyond the game, we want to impact kids on and off the court as well and teach those leadership skills. And, you know, that's what's going to ripple effect. That's what's going to take them you know, so much further than just a game of basketball, kind of like, you know, to hopefully where they can, you know, maybe hop on a podcast with other people, you know, whether it's, you know, they're talking hoops or they're talking, you know, about sustainability or engineering or whatever it is, because we can help them tap in and, and help them discover who they are. And so That's I think right. one of the things that, you know, we touched on here is, is helping them find that calling. I'm just curious how you have conversations with your athletes to help them kind of lead themselves off the court. Yeah, I think, you know, my perspective, um, you know, I have a, I have an, a holistic uh, approach to it, you know, being a teacher uh, for 20 years, being a coach for over 20 years, um, you know, having and, and, and having the experience as a head coach, being a head coach, um, you know, I feel like I have a real impact with the clients that I work with. And so, um, you know, when you're a head coach, you have a, you got a whole program to worry about. You got, you know, anywhere between 40 and 60, 70 kids you got to worry about. And in my case, I don't have as many, you know, I, um, I can get a little bit deeper in things and help them more and see them more often, uh, have more conversations with them, um, and really get to pinpoint things they really can work on. Um, and so, we put them through scenarios and situations and in, in, in our workouts. Um, I have, I have guys that help me. And so we, um, we do small group workouts. I might have them be a leadership, a leader and have a leadership role in that workout and um, give them some extra responsibility. Uh, we might talk about some certain things. Um, I might send them an article to, to read. I might give them a book to read and we do a, a book study. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of ways you can, um, impact, impact learning. Um, and, and I feel like I have a pretty good relationship with a lot of the clients that I work with and we can get, you know, dig a little deeper into some, some are natural leaders. Some, some need a, a lot of work in, in that area. Um, and not everyone's going to be, you know, the, the leader in the, you know, 
of a corporation one day or anything like that. But um, someone who can, to me, a leader is someone who can self-start. Um, you know, you don't need, and they don't have to be a verbal leader. They can lead by example. There's a lot of ways to lead. And, um, and it doesn't have to be what we think leadership is, is like, you know, everyone listen to me. I, I, what I say, you know, goes, it's not, it's not like that. Leaders actually, um, the good ones, if you read a lot of books and, and you talk to a lot of good, um, leaders, they empower others and, and they make others around them better. That's, that is to me, the number one form of showing leadership is empowering the people around you and, and making sure, uh, people get better when they're around you. Um, to me, that's the definite, my definition of, of a good leader. Um, and that could be a lot of different ways. There's a lot of different ways to do that. Um, but you got to take your personality and you got to be yourself and then you go from there. And so, uh, you, you, you can't force someone who doesn't talk very much to all of a sudden be a, the loudest person in the gym. It's not how it works. You're, you're, you're not going to win that battle. Um, and then you're going to get frustrated. Oh, this person's not a leader. They're not doing exactly what I want them to do. Well, you, you got to meet them where they're at and you got to, you got to work with them and you got to know who you're working with. That's, that, that's where relationships come in. And so, uh, uh, that, those are, those are huge things. hundred percent. No. I, and you know, you kind of took the words right out of my mouth. I think leadership is just, you have to be able to lead yourself first, right? Like at the end of the day, you have to know who you are, right? Know what are my strengths and how can I, you know, like you said, how can I provide value to this team that I'm on? How can I provide value to the classroom that I'm in, right? Leaders provide value. They, you know, kind of like rise all tides um, yep. in their own strengths, in their own ways. Some people are lead by example, like, right? Like you're a little bit quieter. I just had a conversation with someone yesterday. He, he's very chill, right? But I was like, hey, I need you to have conversations on defense, right? I need you to talk here and there. And then off the court, you can be who you are. I'm not asking you to be a loud leader. I'm asking you, right? You're one of our better players um, to just communicate, you know, when it needs to be, right? And, and communication is a skill. So I just ask you to continue to work on that. And he's like, yes, coach. And, you know, I kind of heard him. It's quiet, right? You know, but if you practice skill over and over again, you start to, you know, be a little bit more confident with it. And, and that's the yeah. other thing too, is right. You can help them become more confident in the way they lead themselves because that, that's a big thing, right? In high school, right? You want to just fit in and, you know, you want to be cool. And sometimes doing some of those things that coach asks, like talking on defense or giving high fives, you know, may not seem cool. But if you develop that relationship, you help them develop those leadership skills that are kind of beyond, you know, help them tap into that why a little bit more. It goes beyond, you know, just, oh, coaches making me, you know, do high fives. It's like, no, I'm really helping, you know bring up my team. And as we kind of enter, you know, the, the last two minutes of this conversation, um, I just really want to know when it comes to, for the parents and coaches that are listening, if you could boil down kind of our conversation into like reflection questions, like what questions would you ask the, the people that are listening to help them understand how can I be a better leader for my athletes and help them become better leaders? Yeah. Uh, well, it starts, it starts with yourself, it, you creating the environment, building the relationships with your team and the people around you. Uh, it starts there. Um, and then from there, you can start to um, empower others and, you, you know, unleash their power and find what their power is 
and unleash it and let them go and let them feel like they're they're safe to do that and you and you encourage them to do that um and that's when you kids start and and people start finding their their voice their power and their leadership um with when those things are all in place um so that's what I would say. You, you got to work on you as the leader first and how you can impact and help others because everyone's different. Um, you're going to work with so many different people uh, in your lifetime and, and uh, you know, how you how you treat them, how you uh, how you build that relationship with them. And then once you get to know them at another level, a higher level um, and not just in the workplace, but outside of the workplace, things like that. Then you can start to figure out, okay, this person, they have potential uh, in this area, or I think, you know, I just need to build confidence in them to unleash their power, to to find what they're great at and and let them go. Um, and, and, and you sit back and you let them go and you sit back and let them do their thing. And that's when you start to get ownership. Um, you know, you start to, to, people start to have that ownership. Um, and they and they get the buy-in, and now your culture is really thriving because uh, because they feel like they can they can do what they need to do um, and, and you know be themselves and and really uh, and when you promote that and and um, you get others to understand, hey, I'm here for you, and and, and this is I want you to do this. That you give them power, and and uh, once they have that, that's uh, it's a it's a really it's a really good thing. It's a really strong thing. And it, it, it galvanizes everybody together, which is, which is really cool. And you see, you see all the, you know, the best corporations, uh, the best teams, they, they have that within their organization for sure. Yeah, hundred percent. That empowerment piece is, is so incredibly crucial to, you know, giving those skills, getting that buy-in for whichever team you're on, right. Whether it's, you know, a team of, of staff at a school or, or it's a team that's a, it's a basketball team. You're trying to win games right there. People have to feel like some sort of ownership. Right. And so you have to kind of give them some of those decision-making and, and agency just to be who they are. Obviously there's parameters, there's principles to follow, and that's probably a whole nother episode. Um, but with that, you know, kind of giving that empowerment is so important. So where can people, you know, for, for you, you just shared, you know, so much wisdom, where can people find and connect with you if they want to continue the conversation or learn more about Schmidt performance? Uh, they can, they can, uh, my, I got a website, uh, schmidtperformance.org. Um, they can go to, uh, my email, which is schmidtperformance at outlook.com. Um, we're also, um, Schmidt performance on Instagram, Twitter. We're on all the social media, um, outlets. You can reach out anytime and, I, I'd love to help in any way I can. Absolutely. I love it. Thank you so much for your time and sharing all your wisdom, Jeff. Thank you, Justin. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Bridging Impact Podcast. We'd love it if you would like, subscribe, leave a comment and a review on whatever platform you're on. It's the best way to help us grow. We appreciate you for doing that. We'll shout you out on social media. I'd also love if you connected with me on social media. Let me know your thoughts. And this is why I do it. I want to share knowledge and wisdom from experienced leaders to people like yourself and myself so we can have this dialogue and move forward and make an impact on the world. So stay tuned, stay subscribed, Cheers.